Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Thank you for trusting me to speak the word into your life. I'm always going to speak the truth. I'm always going to speak directly from the word. We're going to base everything we say and do on God's word. All right. So today's message, under the overarching, overarching theme of why, why giving matters now and forever is the great reward. Somebody say the great reward. The great reward. All right. So the great reward. If y'all would give me a countdown of 28 today, if you don't mind. Thank you so much. The great reward. Giving is so very, very, very important. And I know you know this verse, but let's go to John 3.16. John 3.16, I have it in the New Living Translation up here. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish. They will not die in their sins, right? But they will have eternal life. Let's go back to the beginning of that verse. What does that say? Look at this. For God so loved the world, he gave. Somebody say, he gave. Yeah, the great giver of all the universe, the one who leads by example. Have you noticed that God, it's amazing that God doesn't ask you to do anything more than what he's already done for you. He never does. What a leader. What a faithful father. What a faithful God. He only asks you to do stuff that he would be willing to do. And he went over and beyond, didn't he? By giving himself as a sacrifice to die on the cross for our sins. He went over and beyond. And now God reaps the reward of his creation being redeemed. After he gave. He's bought his people back all because he gave. He gave. He gave. So I want you to really keep giving in mind this month. Really be thinking about it. Let, let God lay something special on your heart for next Sunday. That's our Sunday where we give our, our first fruits. And for those that say, man, I may not have my best offering at that time. It may be in the following two weeks where I'm going give, to give to God in payments. I need you to be reminded of something. You know the heart of this ministry, those that are comfortable here and those that have been here and those that are members of this church. But this is for everybody, whether it's your first time, whether you've been here many times. We don't want or need your money. If you, the, more, the more you give, that doesn't mean I'm going to get a raise, okay? So I'm not working on commission here. I need you all to know that. I'm kind of making light of it, but it's true. God takes care of us. God blesses us. We're blessed. This ministry is blessed and debt-free, but we want to have money to give to missions. want to have money to do improvement projects here for VCCA, for the church, for the sanctuary. We're going to be, you're going to be seeing some changes in the upcoming weeks in the sanctuary and different things we're doing. But I'm going to tell you right now that God always provides. We don't need your money. You need God's blessing. You need God's best. Salvation is free. It wasn't for Jesus. But it's a free gift. Everything else in Scripture it's conditional. The blessing of God is conditional. So you've got to give to receive. You've got to give to receive. You've got to give to receive God's blessing and his best. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 9.6. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 9.6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Whoever heard of a farmer saying, I'm not going to plant any seed. I'm just hoping that something comes up. Right? Think about it. All truth is parallel. Say, man, you know, I just really hope and pray that uh, something goes on here, that, that, man, that we get some, 
We get some vegetables growing, some cotton, some alfalfa, some, some melons, whatever you're trying to, trying to have a harvest of. Man, I just hope. I, I'm only going to sow one or two seeds, but I'm praying that this whole field be populated with, with vegetables and, and plants. No, it doesn't work that way. We would think a farmer was out of his mind, huh? Or out of her mind. I'm sure there's some lady farmers, men and women farmers just doing crazy stuff. It wouldn't make sense. So remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds. Somebody say a few. Uh-huh. A few seeds will get a small crop. Somebody say small. Uh-huh. But look at this. But the one who plants what? The one who plants much or generously will get a generous crop. Somebody say generous. So the more you give, the more you receive. Is everybody with me? The more you give, the more you receive. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the great reward of giving, some of the benefits of giving. Look at my first point here. How about this? How about satisfaction? You guys remember that song? Was that one of those drug songs from the 60s? I can't get no. Yeah, you already know. Satisfaction. I remember being a kid thinking, he can't get no satisfaction. That is depressing. Just never satisfied. Probably had a bunch of money. Dude's probably, I don't know. I don't know who sang that song. Some of you may know, but probably on drugs, you know, cool sounding voice, but can't get no satisfaction. That is not how God created us. God created you to be satisfied. I can't get no. Yeah. You're going to remember that all day and tomorrow. And I know my singing voice ain't the best, but neither was Johnny Cash's. No, but he could write some songs. He was a, a musical genius that way, right? So satisfaction, when you give, one of your rewards is satisfaction. Let's go to Isaiah 58.10. This is in the New King James Version. Giving to God and others. It's talking about a fast, but it's also talking about giving. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, that's what we do here as a ministry. That's why that video that Valeria made is so important. We give. We give, we give, we give to the community, we give to Guatemala, we give to Mexico, we give to Dominican Republic, we give, Pastor went a couple times last year to Mexico to do meetings, we're always giving as a ministry, we give locally, we give with the Thanksgiving meal, we give with events we do, that's all giving, that this church is giving because of your giving. So it's, let's go back, let's go rewind the beginning of that one, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. If you satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. Wow, look at the next verse. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul. If you satisfy others, you will be satisfied. He will satisfy your soul in drought. When there's not enough rain, when there's not enough of stuff going on, there's not enough what you would deem to be uh, needs being taken care of, this, that, and the other around you. People are just not making it. He says, I will satisfy you and strengthen your bones, and you shall be like a watered garden. Even in a drought? In a drought, that means there's no rain. He says, I'm going to satisfy you and take care of you, and you're going to be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. The Lord says to you this morning, if there's no water, I'm going to let water come out of you and satisfy others, and you're going to be satisfied with it. The Lord says this morning to you, if there's none of what folks need around you, I'm going to give it to you so they'll be blessed, and you'll be blessed in the process. If they're lacking something, I'm going to give it to you, and you're going to be taken care of so that you can take care of others. 
God would say to you this morning, people of God, men and women of God, children of God, he says, I'm going to take care of you. It's on me, says God. It's on me, says God. You know what? He asks a powerful question in Scripture. He says, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Some of you have gone through some stuff last year and this year, maybe the last few years. You say, is God big enough? Oh, yeah, your God is big. Your God is big. He can handle it. He can handle it. Some of you just being here this morning are a miracle. Remember I said a couple weeks ago, some of us should have been dead. Some of us shouldn't have made it this far. Some of us should have been in jail or injured or not able to walk or not able to move or breathe or not able to give anymore because we were done. But God takes care of his people. If you satisfy others, you'll be satisfied. You bring satisfaction and hope and blessing, you will receive satisfaction. So that's my first point this morning. Is that a great reward? Satisfaction. Where you're satisfied, you say, I have, I have all I need. I love that feeling of satisfaction. Ah, satisfaction and, and peace. Wow, I'm taken care of. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I have all that I need. You've, you've promised me, and you've kept your word and your promise. Look at number two today. How about this? This is important to me. This moves me because it moves God. When you give, your great reward is God's approval. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, 7. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. This is, some of this is a review for some of you that were here Wednesday night because Barry, one of our teaching pastors, he, he was speaking and he went through, he used part of a, well, he used 2 Corinthians 9 as part of his text. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. You've got to decide. Can you imagine I said, all right, everybody, Tony, here's what you're going to give for First Fruits offering. Yeah. Tony, you're going to give a million next Sunday. Lyle, you're going to give 2.6875 million. <laughs> Brian, Brian and Ariana, y'all give 500,000 each. Like, it doesn't make sense, huh? Or you got to bring $87.21. Or you, Alex, you got to bring $100. Hey, that's between you and God. That is none of my business. I'm not going to tell you what to give. That is between you and God. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to what? To pressure. That's a good transla translation. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cheerful giver. Now, I don't believe God hates a person, obviously, who doesn't give cheerfully. Because some of us have had to drag ourselves to give sometimes, right? I don't know. Oh, I'm going to do it. You ever talked and cried at the same time? Oh, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Hey, you got you to give sometimes, and, and it's hard. But we know that God loves a person who gives cheerfully, so sometimes you got to stir yourself up and just give with a joyful heart. Say, don't even think about it. Remember the first time I jumped off a zip line? I'm not necessarily afraid of heights, but I remember we did a zip line, and the first time I did it was uh, summer of 2001. And I remember I, it was so cool, and people thought I was fearless because I just did it. And in fact, I was trying to show my whole youth group that I was cool and fearless, and so they would be cool and fearless. So I turned around and jumped off backwards, first time on a zip line. I just, but people didn't know my secret. My secret is I don't overthink it. Once the harness is good, and they're like, you're good to go, good, go. Don't think about it anymore. What are we waiting for? God loves a cheerful giver, then give cheerfully like this.
Your face hurts because it got stretched out. You don't usually even smile that hard. But work it out. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And I'd say God's smile of approval is a big deal, wouldn't you? That's a big deal. It means you're obedient to his will. And God's will is best because he knows best. God's will is best because he knows best, all right? Look at number three. Oh, this is important. I love this one. Number three today. The great reward. How about harvest? How about harvest? Reaping and receiving. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. Still in that text there of 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God will generously provide all you need. Is that important? Yeah, you have needs. You're a human being. You're going to have needs. God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and what else? And plenty left over to share with others. Let's go to verse 9. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Look at the next verse. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. One translation says a harvest of righteousness. That's actually what the Greek means there. Not a harvest of generosity, a harvest of righteousness. Generosity is fine. That's powerful. But if you're right with God, you are going to be generous, aren't you? A harvest of righteousness. You're going to do all kinds of stuff that lines up with being right with God. All kinds of stuff. Reaping and receiving. And to me, this is the fun part. Say, why, Pastor Matt? Is it because you're greedy? No, because I love getting more and having more to give. Y'all know this about me? I like shoes. I like shoes. I love being able to give shoes away. You like shoes too? Were you raised poor, sis? Were you raised pretty poor? Not too poor, huh? You just love shoes, huh? She says, no, mom's sitting right next to her. She said, we weren't raised poor. Mom got out and made some money. But I noticed that, I, I've noticed that folks that are raised poor, they do like shoes. I don't know why. I went to a guy's house one time. I don't know that he was sewing much. The dude's name was Kelvin. He was pretty cool. But I went to his house. I'll never forget this. He lived in an apartment on Jefferson Street. This was in the mid-90s. Went to his house, and we stopped there. We were headed to lunch or something. We'd been hanging out. He was a fellow collector. I was going to say a fellow collector in the Lord, but not in the Lord. We both worked for finance companies. And I'll never forget, I walked into his living room, and he had shoes along the wall, all the walls. Walked into his bedroom. He had shoes. I'd never seen so many shoes. Jordans. I remember thinking, man, what size does he wear? <laughs> I didn't dwell on it long, but, and I didn't ask for any shoes or anything, but I was like, golly, wow, this is crazy. He had a bunch of shoes. He was just storing them. Well, see, I don't have that many shoes. I don't. But I love giving them. I love the harvest of shoes. I love the harvest of money so I can give back to God and people. I love that, and that's important. I love having a harvest, reaping and receiving. That's the fun part. I get to see the blessing from God in my life. You get to see the blessing from God in your life, and you get to see God's word in what? Full action. Because your God, like I said it earlier, your God is big. Your God is big. All right? So let's not forget about that. Harvest. That is so important. Harvest. Somebody say harvest. Mm -hmm. it, it, would, it would be dumb if we said, you know what, I'm giving to God, but I'm not expecting anything back at all, ever. 
Okay, let's move that truth, that parallel truth over here into farming. We'd think farmers were out of their minds huh, if they said, hey, bro, I'm just sowing, man. It doesn't matter. I don't care if anything comes up or not. That would be borderline insane, wouldn't it? A farmer going, well, you know, bro, I'm just giving seed, putting seed in the ground, doing all this work to prepare the ground and preparing the seed and then watering it, but I don't, I don't even care if anything comes up or not. Why sow the seed then? If you don't want anything from God, don't give anything, right? Are you with me? You don't want anything from God, don't give anything. But if you want something from God, you've got to keep the ancient law in motion, the wheels of giving, sowing and reaping, sowing and harvesting, giving and receiving. It's an eternal law. And who am I to say that God's law is not perfect? His law is perfect. That's a great idea. You say, well, why do I give? What, what's the big deal with the harvest and all this? Am I just giving to get? No, you're giving to overcome greed as well. You're giving so that your money doesn't have control of you or your possessions or your time, but you have control of your possessions, time, money. You give so that you can stay in control of it. And I don't always like to give. I'll be honest with you. I love giving as a whole, but there's times I'm like, oh. I could use that for something. I don't even know what I'd use it for. I'm not even a big spender. What would I use it for? But give. Learn to give. Let it be a habit, and you're going to see a harvest in your life. Is that important to you? Anybody in this house? Receiving a harvest from God? Yeah. You and your family will be blessed. You'll see God working in your life, and you get to see God moving in other people's lives. And that's where we get into four here today. Point four. Seeing joy in others. I love that. Now I'm going to tell you right now, I've given some people some gifts, and it, it cost me, and it, 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 man, it nicked my conscience a little bit, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to give, but I feel God is leading me to give. And I gave, and they were like this. You ever had that? You felt like, well, man, give it back then. Man, forget you, man. Give it back. And y'all taught your kids, huh, for Christmas and stuff growing up? I remember one time my, my Uncle Charles, he was always a good gift giver. Uncle Charles is with the Lord now. But I remember one, one time, I'll never forget, he gave me a He-Man toy, and I already had one just like it, and it was battle armor He-Man. You could tap the front of it. It looked perfect. You could tap it, and I guess it would roll, and it looked like the armor was damaged. I don't know if y'all remember any of that. He-Man, a He-Man toy. And I, I don't know why we were at Grandma's house. I don't know why I did this. I opened the gift, and I went, I already have this one. I got Pito already knows. He's like, this ain't going to be good. People are looking at me like, you did that? Man, what a heathen, Pastor Matt. I'll never forget, we went into town later today. See, Mom and Dad didn't say nothing. They were, they were pretty awesome parents. There was times they just didn't even say anything on the fly. They didn't say anything. They'd wait. I remember we drove into Brownwood, and we went to a gas station. And I still remember the colors in that gas station. I must have been... Five or six, maybe six, man. And dad goes, hey, boy, don't you ever do that when someone gives you a gift. You say thank you. That is, that's wrong. You don't ever do that, man. I'm, I don't know if he said I'm going to whip you. I'm sure they did. They didn't spank me that time for that. I don't, I know I would have remembered. I'd have remembered. I remember a lot of stuff, and I'd have remembered that. But then I remember mom joined in. See, good parents, they double team you. 
Mom goes, babe, and mom would stick her chin out when she was mad. She'd go, I can't do it because my chin's just a little different. She'd go, she'd say, if you ever do that again, your dad's right. We're, we're going to spank you. Your Uncle Charles spent money on that gift, and you don't ever, you don't ever act ungrateful, ever. You be grateful. Well, the other side of this is you give to someone, and they're ecstatic. I love that. Now, I don't give just for that. I don't. But I love seeing joy in others. I love it. When, when God meets a need, need in their life, I've given away shoes. See, we're back to shoes because that's just one of my things. I love to give shoes. I've given away shoes, and I love it when people go, are you serious? You don't want these? That's always a good sign. It's always a good sign when someone goes, why don't you want to keep them? Because I'm giving them to you, man. Put them on right now. I want, to, I want to see you wear them every day for the rest of this year. 300 and about 350 more days left in this year. I want to see you wear them every day. I'm just kidding. I'm totally messing with y'all. But yeah, when you see joy in something, they're like, really? Yes, really. It's yours. Go in peace. I love you. God bless you. Goodbye. And I love something else about giving. When you can, by an act of your will, be dead to something, you don't control it anymore. So they can keep it, they can wear it, they can sell it, they can give it away, they can start the cycle of giving over again. That's between them and God. And I love seeing joy in others. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9.11. 2 Corinthians 9.11. I'm not going to go super long today because we have the Lord's Supper at the conclusion of this message after, our, after we pray together and stuff. And so I want to wrap this up quickly, but this is so important. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be what? Somebody say generous. And when we take your gifts to what? To those who need them, they will thank God. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. Let's keep going. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. This translation says the needs of the believers in Jerusalem. The, Greek, the actual Greek says the holy people of God. So it can be Jerusalem, it can be anywhere else. People that you're giving to. God's people or someone else you're giving to, their needs will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Wow, let's read that again. Their needs will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Is that important? Oh man, that's important. Look at the next verse. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. That's joy, but you also give God joy. They will give glory to God. 